0: everyone. It is December 16th. And right now, right now, right now, right now, uh, you did not get left on red. You you didn't snooze your alarm five times before begrudgingly getting up and going about your day. You didn't do that. No, we we didn't go to the grocery store, get everything we needed, made a split second decision to do self-service checkout when a reality normal checkout would have been faster. Not right now. No, right now is just you and me. We're going to have a bit of a conversation because everyone, look, you got to understand that this is the Monday Morning Commute Podcast. My name is John, and here's my thing. Um, for the most part, every single Christmas movie ever made, it has at least one common out. There's, there's one common denominator. For the most part, that you're basically there, there, there's always going to be a Christmas tree. That's, that's a guarantee. That's a lock location, description, love story, all that stuff, that is kind of up in the air. But when you're writing the script for a Christmas movie, you start out with the, look, we got a Christmas tree, and then you build it from there. It's very simple. Now, what type of tree? I mean, that's where things get interesting. In Christmas movies, is it ever a fake tree? I'd imagine it's a, it's a comedy Christmas movie that you'd have a fake tree. I don't think fake trees are accepted. Everyone, if you haven't really caught on to what we're going to talk about today... It's the real tree versus fake tree. But I don't even I don't think ver, verse is a right way to put it. It's not a debate. It really isn't. It's, the real tree is in this race. It's about three miles ahead and it's a four-mile race. And it's a very fast runner where the fake tree is three miles behind and it can't run. It can crawl. It's a four-mile race. We, we all know who's going to win there. And it's not a, We're not doing the whole uh, hare and tortoise thing. This result is basically set in stone. The real tree is better. Pound for pound, all equal playing field, it's going to win every time. I understand that. But you got to realize another thing about myself. I know a few things about, you know, I know that I'm half Greek. I know I, you know, live in Oregon. And I know that I, I come from a family where we have a fake tree. Am I proud about that? I don't. I don't even know if that's the correct verbiage. Do I wish it was a real tree? Yes. Circumstantially, did we have to go to a fake tree? Basically, we. Everyone. Uh, my parents. When I was growing up, we had a couple of cats, and they were absolutely phenomenal. They were phenomenal cats, and they. They essentially, you know, for me, it's man's best friend. That's how great they were. That's the way I see it. But you know, it's so interesting because every December. Uh, around Christmas time, we'd get a real tree and we'd, we'd hang it up. We'd stabilize it. We'd make sure everything's in place. We'd decorate it. But you know, a Christmas tree is going to do what a Christmas tree is going to do, and it's going to shed those pine needles. And, and oftentimes, you know, you can try to clean them up, but it's a bit of a hassle. They're not easy to sweep up. They'll get under nooks and crannies. You don't want to get on your knees on the kind of cold tile. It's granite, too. We don't have knee pads at this point. Trying to pick up those pine needles one by one, that's not fun. But when you got two cats just kind of purring and roaming around, I will say stealth is a nice way to put it, but when they're just down on the floor, oftentimes you can't really control what they lick and what they eat. These cats, they have a field day with these dead pine needles. And I I actually understand it, their point of view. It's a foreign object. You get it every once a year, and it's usually a jolly time they'll associate these fallen pine needles with. So they'll eat it, but naturally, look, they're going to reject it. And then basically just yuke everywhere. Our cats would just vomit, literally vomit everywhere. They'd have these pine needles. I don't know. I, I guess they don't have that Bernays effect because they would eat it, but then they would continue to do it as if they liked vomiting. It's, I don't know if they like the pine needles or they just like to vomit. It, it's similar to like the furball sensation. But I mean, after a while, I think as a pet owner, you can only do, you, you can only see your pet puke so often. So we, we had to come to a, a decision, a transition to something new. Are we, are we going to say no to the real tree and get a fake tree or do we give away the cats? And we went with a fake tree. So that's where we, and that's why I got the fake tree. And I'm going to be honest, I'm totally fine with that decision. It made sense. I love the cats way more than I love the tree in my house for 20 days. Because, you know, and the tree is fun. You get a nice family photo and it smells nice. But show me one person who enjoys deconstructing a tree. And I will show you a liar because I've actually never deconstructed a tree because I know it's not going to be fun. And I'm owning that right now. It's very similar to the dishes at Thanksgiving. I've, I've never broken down a tree, and I don't plan to. That, that's not in my agenda. I'm going to be honest. Regardless, I am someone who comes from a family, and we have a fake tree. We do. The, the luxury of walking downstairs on Christmas morning, not as much 6 a.m. anymore. I grew out of that, but walking downstairs, let's call it you know, I have a buzz cut now, so there won't be any bedhead, but walking downstairs and seeing that tree, but then getting hit in the face with a nice little evergreen scent. I don't have that luxury. I don't have the, I don't have that natural luxury. Hypothetically, I could go to the gas station. I can buy those tree car scents. I could buy the evergreen one. And if I appropriately, if I remove the plastic slowly, like you're supposed to do, by the way, in weak inc- increments, it's not going to be as dramatic of a smell. But honestly, if I'm going to the gas station to get a car and said, I don't, I'm, not, I'm just going to get the black ice. So maybe I'll have my fake tree smell like black ice. I kind of like that idea. I like the smell of black ice. It's a nice smell. The the point being, let's let's break this down, everyone. Real tree versus fake tree. Let's just compare. Where is the real tree supreme? Basically everywhere. No, I I, I don't see any possible scenario where the real tree actually gives up any room and let's just start at appearance look it's going to be rich and full-bodied if you didn't know any better, you'd think i was describing a red wine but i'm not we're talking about a tree base heavy we go up to the top a little narrower pyramid-esque but we look closer it's not as symmetrical as subtle imperfections in the branches jutting out different ways pine needles scarce on one but plentiful on the other regardless in abundance you, you can't see through to the other side Mother Nature proving once again that her attention to detail far greater than that of the ordinary human being. It's one thing to say kind of commanding presence, but I think it's also another thing to say taking over a room. You know, we talk attention to detail, how about demanding attention? The Christmas tree, more often than not, we're gonna find it in the corner. Uh, Somewhere next to it, a fireplace, and then we'll have a TV. It does not matter what channel's on the TV. In the ideal world, it's the Hallmark Channel but there is something absolutely magnificent and powerful of an 8 foot pine tree just kind of looking over everyone i might say watchful protector but not the one we need ah maybe the one we need not the one we deserve is that a, that might be a better way to frame it it's glorious and it only comes maybe 20 days a year what sets the uh you know obviously aside you know with with looks but what sets the real tree apart from the fake tree i think most notably it's going to be method of getting into your house. Because if if I'm ordering a fake tree, exactly, I'm ordering it, or I might go to Target and buy it. And it's quite simple. It's going to be in cardboard. And you unbox it. But if I'm getting a real tree, more often than not, I haven't done this in a while, but last time I checked, you usually go to a farm, right? You, you go to, It's very similar to the pumpkin patch, and everyone loves the pumpkin patch. There's a lot of photos taken at a pumpkin patch, but we don't see a lot of photos taken at Christmas tree farms. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, actually. And, and I'm saying this, obviously, take it with a grain of salt because I don't go to Christmas, Christmas tree farms. Excuse me. But that doesn't make a lot of sense. Either way, um, at the Christmas tree farm, you're going, I, I, I was talking to my coworker. I believe he said it's about five bucks a foot. Let's say, I don't know, family of five, you're probably looking at a seven-foot tree. More often than not, it's going to be a seven-foot tree. Um, I think it gives you enough base to put enough of the presents there. We got to take that in consideration too. In the ideal world, all presents fit under the base of the tree. If I'm rocking three kids, let's say they're under eight years old. That's usually the high threshold. You're going to have a lot of presents for them. Usually obviously depending, on every situation it's different, but more often than not, I feel like the scarcity and the presence gets smaller, the older we get, but the younger we are, the bigger they are. It's interesting how that works. So let's just say it's a seven foot tree. Um, usually buy it. And then from there, if I've if I've seen the movie, you know, The Christmas Story, I think at most Christmas tree farms, they will take it off and help you load it onto your car. Maybe you get some twine and you're wrapping it through, you get the windows down. And depending on your climate, that might be a bad thing, might be a bit of a brisk ride home. You don't want to put the window up and then cut the twine. And that's that's usually what you're going to do. And then obviously you'll get it and you'll load it into your house and it's a team effort. More often than not, you know, the parents are kind of heading the operation and you just kind of want to get it, get inside, get it up, get set up. No one likes it setting anything up, really. The, the fun is the picking it out. It's getting it on the car, driving back. Maybe you're listening to Christmas music. And then there's a bit of this blurry period where when you're loading it into the house, it's kind of stressful. You might have nice china that you don't want to knock over. Maybe there's a painting that consistently is getting kind of uneven. You, you can't control it, but it's always hanging uneven. And one nudge might tip it over a little bit more. You don't want to get too much dirt or bark or pines on the floor. You, if you're, you know you're going to incur some sort of pine loss and you want that to be around the base. But, but once you get past that blurry period, it's pretty fun because you're just decorating it. For the most part, the decoration is fun. Hanging the ornaments, wrapping it around with lights, take, taking some sort of decorative cloth and kind of draping it over the tree. That's always fun. Then, you know, it, yeah, there's going to be a cherry on top. It's the star. As the only child, I was usually you know the number one pick in terms of putting the star up top um but i think i might have passed the reins off to my parents when i'd done it enough and i came back around i don't know this year i think it's already decorated but i you know if you got family of three like we were touching on seven foot tree you're gonna need some assistance up there i i don't know how you decide who puts the star up there if there's three kids and they all want to do it and you only have two parents how do you lift them up to seven feet that seems tough actually i don't Maybe rock, paper, scissors. Maybe one's a little bit mature beyond their years. And they're like, you know what? No, you can do it to the little siblings. I don't know. I'm I'm throwing it out there. But th- that's one that's one operation at the, at the Christmas tree farm. I believe there's another one where you can literally saw it down. Uh, you can walk out and you can pick your tree and then you saw it down. And then I'm assuming it's a similar way of getting it onto your car. I've never done this. A few things I want to address. That just sounds dangerous because when you saw it in it, how do you know where it's going to fall? Do you know, do people get hurt? The saw is very sharp and usually the saw, it's the one where you have two people on both ends and you're communicating back and forth, back and forth. It's a sharp object to be around little kids. And then you're in a forest and you got to manage the kids as well. They might be running off in various locations, but you got to have them controlled and focused. Just picking a tree in general, because I feel like the the Christmas tree farms where they're pre-cut, they're organized, I'd assume by height, so it's pretty easy, but when you're walking around sawing down your own tree, I feel like the decision-making gets a little bit more tough, because if I'm going to a farm and they're pre-cut, I'll just walk over that seven-foot, eight-foot section be like, okay, this is what I got to work with. But when you're out in the wild and everyone's got a different depth perception and height and stuff, and it gets a little rangy from there, so... You know, I might see a tree I like here, but I look beyond that and I got 500 other trees. How do I pick that? I can't tell right away if it height wise. Is it a feel thing? Is it kind of you get there, you assess the situation. Do you picture it in your living room? If we're, you know, minds working that interior design rain, that might be an issue as well. Regardless, the fun is in the collaborative experience. It's the going out of our way. We're getting dressed up. We're doing things together, putting the phones away for a minute kind of tapping into our old roots, and we're sawing down a tree. And that's, that's also empowering. One, I want to focus on that, sawing a tree. That's nice. You get some muscles firing. Maybe skip the gym that day. Either way, you can tell people you saw down a tree. I've never done that in my life. I don't plan on doing that. But I think it's the authenticity. It's the tradition. It's going out. It's getting it. It's laughing. Maybe you stop at like a local burger place on the way back. Maybe you always get Slurpees or hot cocoa. Maybe it's hot cocoa. It's probably hot cocoa, and you do it as a family, and you got good memories. I can get that, and that's you don't get that experience when you're buying a fake tree online. It's I mean, hundred fifty bucks, seven year investment, Amazon, express shipping comes to your door. You unbox it, cardboard wise. And you got all the, you know, the, the peanuts and the plastic and the air bubbles, and you know, take it out and you you give the air bubbles to the youngest, you amuse them for a bit. So now you only have to worry about managing two kids, but they're already in the ornaments already fishing through. But you can't, you say, look, we can't put the ornaments on the tree yet until it's actually up. And it's a little bit more confusing. You thought it'd be just PVC pipe connecting, but it's not like that at all. You unbox it. Finally, you put away at the cardboard, you squish it down in the recycling, but you try to put it in the recycling bin and the cardboard's a little bit too tall, so you have to get the youngest who was now playing with the bubble wrap. You have to take him away from that. and You have to hold him on top of the recycling, and have him jump down in it. And that's always a little frightening. But eventually, you get it flattened enough. You bring him out. Your partner is then still working on the tree, trying to figure it out. Get the branches all in. Got him all tucked away. You have to attach the base too. You don't want it to fall over. You've finally done that. Now it's time to de- wait. No, the hot chocolate. You got to get that situated you can't go and buy it, you know, at the, at the Christmas tree farm, I assume they have a stand. You can't really do it. You got to make it yourself. And there's, you know, the whole hot chocolate dilemma. And we touched on that a couple episodes ago, but that's what, that's the way I see it. The farms are they are great. They provide a nice space to go out there, enjoy ourselves, tap in tradition and see it from there. For those of you who have been rocking with me, um, it, pretty much just since the beginning, I'll throw out the phrase, a timeless, a timeless classic. You'll, you'll hear me say that. I, I wouldn't say often, but I've definitely used it. And I And I love saying that phrase. And I feel like the Christmas tree is one of the few things that is timeless. It doesn't go out of style. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be respected, demanded, and appreciated. It's just always it's consistency it really is we know we're going to get it we know when we're going to get it and we usually know how we're going to get it i feel like a christmas without christmas trees it's just not the same and, and, and look i and they can be any size they can be a succulent at this point i'm going to be honest it's 2018 if you don't want to go out and get a tree get a succulent i've got three in my room right now thank you lauren i got the third one on sunday night and i enjoy it but the point being it's a timeless classic you gotta appreciate that. An authentic real life tree. That's just beautiful. It, it, the fake tree, it's not timeless. It's kind of newer. It's a bit of a fraud. It's like a fake Louis Vuitton bag to the real Louis Vuitton bag. If you look closely, you can really tell. In one, you know, you can rip it apart pretty easily. And there was a reason it was $25. It's some offhand realtor. But that real Louis V bag. Smells like louis v. You feel it. It's nice louis v. It's got the fun design in it Classic there's a reason you paid a g bar for it There's a reason you paid five bucks a foot for it Now where the fake tree kind of comes in and lets its presence be known when we're hanging ornaments Um, I still don't understand the ornament is so interesting why you make the the hoop for you to put it The branch through so small and brittle. I don't get that but the tree, and look, it's, it's natural, it's, it's flawed. It, the branches, you can't really bend them up. So oftentimes you're having to hang an ornament on something that's sloping downwards. And look, just by the law of gravity, it's going to take effect. And oftentimes it's hard to put those ornaments on the trees. You might have to kind of bend it, tie it, push pine around. It's not that easy to get one ornament on there. It really isn't. And maybe that's a part of the fun, finding the perfect space for it to look absolutely gorgeous. But with a fake tree, I can put any ornament, basically of any weight, anywhere, because I can bend the branches around, I can curl it around it. It's almost cheating, and it is. But it makes it a lot easier. And it makes that tree, you can literally put it however you want. There's no level of uncertainty when I go and I'm gonna decorate a fake tree, because every time I put the ornament on there, I'm folding it over, I'm moving them around, I'm braiding the branches, if I wanted to, hypothetically. And that does take away a little bit of that authenticity. But at the same time, look, I'm, it's just less time doing something. That is enjoyable. I will admit that. But after a while, you know, when you've had your hot Coke and you're kind of coming down, the last thing you want to do is be fiddling with this branch that's not cooperating for some reason in this red ornament that might be 10 cents. But if you break it, you might get yelled at. The last thing you want to do is operate that. The blood sugar might be low. We're a little tired. And we're have to finagle this on. You've heard Jingle Bills for the third time in a row. You're waiting for Bing Crosby to kind of take over officially, but he hasn't. You don't agree with the Christmas album, but here you are finagling with an ornament. You can't attend to music duties. If I'm using the fake tree, um, I'm having my way with it. I'm dominating it. Uh, both out of the fact that it's not the real tree, so maybe the respect level goes down a bit, but I'm, I'm literally taking advantage of the tree, and I'm putting it any way I want. Manipulative, yeah. But for all the right reasons, of course. It's clear that the fake tree takes the cake in that department. But one thing that I feel like is not talked about and is not addressed at all with the whole tree thing, and I might be wrong, but environmental impact. I feel like we don't address it because it's kind of Christmas and we don't want to take away from Christmas. But for it being, you know, 2018, And, you know, where everyone's voicing their opinion and I, do we, well, are the Christmas trees are the live ones? Are they replanted? Is that a thing? Because I feel like we're chopping down so many trees. Is no one asking any questions that I, I, I thought that was a problem when we, when we chopped down trees, I thought that wasn't okay. Do, if, if we leave the roots, do they grow back? I don't know how this works, I'm going to be honest with you. And especially if you're the ones cutting the tree, if, if you get random people sawing it, they might not know how to cut it properly. Is, is no one frustrated by that? Think about the, uh, the amount of Americans. I'm not even going worldwide. I'm saying in the United States that celebrate Christmas and they get real trees, I'm completely fine. It's probably an eight-figure number, I would guess. Let's say 10 million people get real, raw, live trees. That's 10 million trees that have been cut down. And it's not a chicken. We're not using the entire bird. We're not using the entire tree afterward. There's no broth that you make from a Christmas tree, to my knowledge. There's no broth. What do you do? You kind of just throw it away, right? Once you break it down, you go through all that, then you, where do they go? Did, does someone pick it up? Is there a lumber yard? Is it shredded? Is it made into paper? I feel like that would be, I think I, are we not pushing any buttons? Is that a buzzword? Am I bringing something up? Am I taking a stand? The fake tree cuts down no trees. I will, there probably is some sort of issues with the whole plastic and stuff. I, I get that. So maybe there's not a legitimate environmental effective option, but you're still cutting down millions of trees when you get a real tree. And again, everyone, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm merely just stating facts at this point. I, I'm presenting my opinion. I'm not necessarily taking a side, mainly because I don't know if I'm 100% confident on what happens with the trees after. If I learned, maybe I would take a side. Right now, it just seems to make sense that the fake tree is a little better for the environment. And that's just me. If anyone else knows, please reach out. But why aren't we asking these questions? Come on. Everyone, I, um, I am now looking at the clock and picking up my phone. Fu- yeah, okay, Um. Well, it it is about that time. We talked about Christmas trees for a while. This was a longer episode, so I, ideally, you're you're getting to where you got to go. Maybe we're just hanging out. I I really don't know. But hey, look, you're not getting left on red right now. You're not. You're not snoozing your alarm. No one's doing any pet peeve type things. It's just you and me. We're just talking. We're having a conversation. Everyone, I hope you have an absolutely tremendous day. I mean, it is Monday, but look, everyone, this was the Monday Morning Commute Podcast. My name is John. This all was my thing. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.